passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Welcome back to the Baseball America Fantasy Podcast. This is your host, Jeff Ponce. Alongside me, as always, is the grand champion of the NFBC main event. That would be Dylan White. What's going on, man? How are you? Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy Hanukkah, if you celebrate. (laughs) Happy Kwanzaa. There's a lot of holidays. I like it. It's fun. It's a great time of year. We're turning in the handbook soon. I'm going to shut up because I just wanted you to talk. And then I was like, hey, I'm going to keep talking because I'm awkward. (laughs) <laughs> uh, i'm okay i'm okay it's uh starting to be winter here in toronto it's cold it snowed kind of for the first time a couple of days ago and uh it's kind of stayed on the ground but uh yeah i know it's not like the the storms you guys are seeing but uh <laughs> what i would give for snow right now yeah I, uh, <laughs> I have a monsoon in my basement so i'm in between uh squeegee slash sup pumping so better than it was a few days ago where it was like i didn't sleep for two days while i just dealt with the water coming into my basement but that's besides the point we're here to talk about first baseman we had our first base rankings uh come out this week we've already released our catchers rankings and the top 50 uh the first base rankings were interesting because we had several players that ranked inside of the top 50 that are first baseman that was certainly not the case uh when it came to catchers there was only adley rushman that ranked inside of the top 50 and that was it um so it was a little bit less heavy lifting (laughs) (laughs) in terms of knowing how the rankings came together um but overall uh really an exciting group at the top and i think there's a lot of sleepers like there as i went through these rankings and kind of reviewed players again and we and we did a lot of you know blurbs obviously the, the later ones were what we had to spend our time on um I think I sort of came away like, wow, there's a lot of guys in this like 15 to 25 range who could have really good seasons um, that I find to be like, you know, really uh, intriguing players. Um, Even if they might be in like my corner infield spot or like my utility spot and a deeper league, like a 30 where I maybe don't have a typical, you know, corner infield, middle infield, uh, additional like utility roles. Um, but there's a lot of those guys. It's a, it's a good group. And I felt like when I was picking and we'll have this coming out tomorrow. Um, but 
when I was picking my targets and my sleepers, I felt like they were kind of like a messy breaking ball and they were kind of blending together a little bit. Is it a slider? Is it a curveball? I don't know. They're kind of both. I want to target all these guys. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do agree. It was, uh, I struggled. I kept changing. I'm going, I'm going to pick this guy as a target. Uh, maybe I'll pick this guy. I'll pick this guy. Like there are so many options to choose. Um, I actually had a hard time finding a fade. I uh, kept mm. waffling on that. But yeah, no, I agree. Like the top five, um, like it's no real surprise. The top five first basemen are all kind of interchangeable for me. Like I, if I have, I don't think I'm giving away too much here. Matt Olson or Vladdy or Bryce or Freddie Freeman or Pete Alonzo. If I have any of them, mm-hmm. like I'm not upset that I missed out. Um, you can kind of mix and match how you want. They're all great OBP guys. They're all good power. Um, they're all not going to hurt you in, in batting average, really. Maybe Pete Alonzo's getting there, so he's probably my my the last of that. That he was a little unlucky too. Fair, um, exactly, exactly. I also think like when I look at these tiers, right? Um, number one, you're not necessarily getting a complete player anywhere. Uh, Freddie Freeman, funny enough, might be the closest <laughs> thing, and I do not anticipate he's going to repeat the uh, 2020 season that he had last year. <laughs> um, but you know, when you get to Alonzo, he's a good barrier after Freeman and Harper and, and Guerrero and Matt Olson, where you do have a little bit more balance of the hit tool with the big power. Alonzo, I think, is a is a better player in OBP. He still, you know, has been impacted by that. I think some of it was a little bit unlucky. Some of it, I think, could be the park as well. Um, but overall, I mean, I have Alonzo in multiple dynasty leagues. He's certainly somebody that you can plug and play in terms of the power, but you do have to offset his average a little bit more. I think in a way that you're not necessarily concerned with Freeman or Harper or Guerrero or Olsen, um, to the same extent. That being said, baseball is a funny thing and batting averages can climb by 20, 40, 60, uh, points in a given season, uh, or, or, you know, (laughs) regress uh the same way so we could be talking about Olsen the next year the same way we're talking about Alonzo they have a similar year probably not but I think you know there's a possibility there all these guys do provide you know top of the scale top 50 you know some of these guys top 25 ish sort of value um I think they're all actually all five were in the top 26 so I think it's probably clear to say that we feel they all uh provide top 20 20 ish value but then sort of the next tier it's a younger group, maybe a little bit more risk-driven. Um, but as I look through that that group of like six to ten, um, and I won't throw all those names out there, but when I looked at that group, I felt like, all right, there's some guys here who could either kind of slide back in the coming years or slide forward, um, depending upon how their production goes over the next couple of seasons. Um, but they all have the ability, you know, like a Tristan Cassis to be a guy who maybe is a perennial top five first baseman and he's not that far we have him at six so <laughs> yeah no I, I like the, the second tier is kind of the first tier but just maybe 80 to 90 percent of it like you'll have like the torques who are kind of like Alonzo so power maybe hurts a bit in, in batting average but it's going to be putting up monster power and then you have like 270 to 290 batting average with 20 five home runs instead of, you know, 35 home runs from the, the top tier in, in like the Pasquantinos or mm-hmm. Josh Naylor, or even like Nathaniel Lowe, a bit lower. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, you're not real. You are stepping down of course, but it, it's not like it's suddenly a, a desert. You just have sort of the, 
uh, sort of a, a reduced amount of production from that second tier. And I'd be happy with any of them. Like, mm. I like all those guys. They, they can all take a step forward. Um, even the guys that are a bit older, like Goldschmidt or Christian Walker, they're, you know, they're good for 25 to 30 home runs probably. And they're, they could probably not going to fall off the cliff this year, even though they're in their thirties. Um, so you're, you're, they're probably, you know, quote unquote safe um, as, as an option there too. So I, I do like, I was surprised at how kind of deep the first base was. I thought once you get past the top tier, it's kind of a desert and it's not at all. It's uh, it, it's solid players all the way down. Like mm-hmm. even the top 20, they're all, people I'd happily have as first base. Yeah. And that was kind of my next point is as you get down further into this tier, there's only one prospect that we have uh, ranked within the top 25, or I guess technically two, because Nolan Shanuel is technically a prospect, just barely uh, as funny as it is to say that uh, never would have thought that a year ago. Um, but it's, it's Kyle Manzardo uh, who we have at 17 and, um, I just think that, you know, in the neighborhood of the players that he's around, Andrew Vaughn, uh, maybe a Reese Hoskins or Ryan Mountcastle, Kirilov, guys like this, it wouldn't be shocking if Manzardo gets the reins, gets the opportunity to, you know, uh, see 500 plate appearances, whatever that means, if it's up late in April or early in May. Um, it would be shocking for him to have similar returns to those guys at that position, just from a redraft standpoint, even. So, um, I don't think it's it's taking a huge leap. The other thing is there's just a general lack of first base only prospects because as we say with second baseman, we'll probably say it a little bit with third baseman, they're simply playing other positions right now. And some of them might have actually been playing catcher and been ranked in the catcher rankings. <laughs> uh, and we'll see how some of those guys maybe translate uh, as catchers and maybe move off the position to first base. There's never a lack of talent at first base because there's a standard in terms of offensive production that you need to withhold to play that position. Yeah. And I, and I think Manzardo is going to reach that. He may not do it this year, like you're saying, um, but I do, I do like him. He's only 23, I believe heading into this season, like his age 23 season. So he's, you know, he's only going to improve over the next four years, assuming, you know, a prime around 27 years old. So he, you know, has an advantage over like uh, Nathaniel Lowe, who's you know 28 so he's on the sort of decline phase in quotes of first base. So you got Manzardo's better years, best years ahead of him. And he may even have full-time playing time this year, like you said. So he's someone I like. I know his his struggles um, last year in the minors, probably some attributable reasons externally. So I'm not taking it uh, at face value that, you know, this is his talent has dropped off because he had, he was such a great, great name in 2022 popping up everywhere um and now with the guardians he's gonna have you know probably full-time role um somehow with josh naylor they'll figure that out maybe put naylor dh i know there was some talk about trading him i don't know if they're gonna trade him not with his brother on the team as well um i just can't see them doing it and josh naylor has been has been great um the last couple years he's still 27 ish as well so he's you know he's he's at peak value right now for them so and i know the guardians need power in that lineup so I'm very interested to see how the Naylor Manzardo thing works out. I'm sure it'll work out very well. And, uh, you know, we'll get 20 to 25 home runs from both of them for a long time. That would uh, certainly be nice to see. Um, next thing I wanted to bring up to you here, Dylan, are there any players, you know, within this top 50 um, 
beyond targets, but guys that, you know, maybe have that sleeper or target value, but somebody that you're kind of excited to roster this year, maybe you already have them in dynasty league, somebody you're targeting in trade um, or, you know, potentially someone you're going to draft heavily in redraft. You know, I kind of, I kind of like Anthony Rizzo for this year in redraft. I think um, when I was writing up the skinnies, um, just I just take a step back as a sidebar. I just want to say how like having to do these deep dives is really helping me for redraft because I'm really seeing um, like the nuggets of what they did in their season and where they are in their sure. career path. And I'm, I'm really learning a lot. It's really helping me for my prep um, if I do redraft. And uh, yeah, the Anthony Rizzo one, going back to that, it, there's such a clear delineation of like before his concussion injury um, when uh, he bumped into Fernando Tatis on May 28th, um, before and after, like before he was just crushing, he had 11 home runs and it was like 300 batting average. It was just like off the charts. And uh, I had him in a couple leagues and I was very happy about that. And then just tailed off and had a horrible second half. It was like a 45 WRC plus, or not even second half, just from May 28th on to when his season ended in August. It was just absolutely horrendous. And so when projection systems account for that, they're just going to look at, oh, he had a whatever was WRC plus for the year and it was his most recent year. And so like he's, you know, in the tail end of his career at age 34 and they're going to ding him. But I really think that that second half is not true in quotes. I think he is going to get unfairly dinged by projection systems. And I think he's going to, um, surpass the expectation production wise, um, assuming he's fully healthy. And that's all signs seem to say that he is going to be fully ready in, in, the, at the beginning of the season. Uh, you know, Aaron Boone was saying that, of course he is going to say that what else is he going to say, but I kind of believe it. I think he'll be fine. And I expect him to just kind of be back to, you know, the Anthony Rizzo he was in 2022 and in the beginning of 2023. So that's my little, my sleeper for redraft is Anthony Rizzo. Uh, age 34, Anthony Rizzo. So maybe not a dynasty asset, but I think in 2024, he's going to uh, you know, surpass the projections for him. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. That's why I use Indeed for our hiring at Baseball America. It allows me to do everything on one website. I get quality candidates. I can schedule them. I can interview them. I can screen them. I can send messages to them all within Indeed. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Baseball America. Just go to Indeed.com slash Baseball America right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Baseball America. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. After the end of a good fight, 
You deserve an ice cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Nice. I like that. Um, I got a little bit more of a, of a risky one, I suppose. Uh, and we have them a little bit further down in the top 20. But Reese Hoskins, who's a free agent, so we don't know necessarily where he's going to end up landing. Um, but you know, productive player, um, you know, certainly would have been somebody that if he was back in Philly and had a healthy year, uh, you know, I think would have been targeted pretty heavily. Um, I have a feeling that the value or just in terms of where his numbers are going to be in terms of ADP are probably going to be at a point where I'm going to be very interested uh, and potentially targeting him. I think same, you know, right now with this trade window, I mean, there's still some risk that he can end up in a, in a poor park. Um, but there's chances that he doesn't. And I think he could fit in with a lot of teams. Um, it's probably going to be a competing team that would go after him, but we'll see. Um, good on base skills. We know what the power is and what the upside is. And there's not a terribly awful um, history of players coming back from, missing an entire season and then being really productive the next year. Uh, Sarah Langs actually wrote an awesome article. I think it was yesterday um, at MLB.com. And she kind of listed off using Oscars as the inspiration, some other notable names that came back and had great seasons. 2011 Jacoby Ellsbury with the Red Sox, uh, 2005 Richie Sexton with the Mariners, 2002 uh, Nomar Garcia Parra, um, 2000 Moises Alou, uh, 1995 Ron uh, Gant. So definitely like some names that you, you, you can go back on and, you know, remember some guys there. But uh, overall, I thought it was an interesting point because it's not often that we see a star player miss an entire year um, and then come back and he's facing free agency. So that kind of murkies the waters a little bit more. But I do feel like he could be a bit of a, of a value on draft day or as a trade target right now of somebody that, you know, just in terms of rankings and where he falls in this first base group, um, it's a matter of pick him, how he's ranked, but you know, I don't think it's absurd to think that he could have a top 10 first base season next year um, pretty easily. And he's not all that old. I think he's 30 years old. So there's still a few years left, especially as a first baseman. We'll see how the knee injury impacts him, but because it was so early in spring training, he's going to have pretty close to a full year uh, in terms of recovery before that. 
Yeah, I mean, there was talk that he might make it for the postseason for uh, for the Phillies. Obviously, yeah. he didn't. But uh, yeah, I mean, he's basically uh, ready to go, in my opinion. I, I saw some reports that the Jays were were interested potentially at Reese Hoskins. Um, say Justin Turner as well and J.D. Martinez. It's just kind of weird that these sort of right-handed DH slash maybe first base. Vlad, Vlad is thin now. He's playing first base. <laughs> he's, move, he's moving to third. He's going back to third. That's what's happening. <laughs> Put him in center. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I did just think it's weird. It's like we have these right-handed sluggers, but uh, having Reese Hoskins in that, in that Jays lineup uh, would be uh, pretty interesting. I think you'd probably be happy with that if you traded for, uh, for Reese Hoskins. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think that would be a potentially perfect fit. So yeah, that would be uh that would be an interesting one for sure. We'll see where he lands, but he is definitely somebody that I think I'm going to be targeting. Uh, as well as Spencer Steer. When I did the deep dive on Spencer Steer, and I don't know if you felt the same way, I, I came away feeling like this is definitely he was a good prospect. The the underlying data was always good. I think he was a top 100-ish guy for me. Um like I believe I'm like, I'm buying back in, you know, uh, plate skills are really good. The contact is really solid, good angles. Uh, there's enough power there, especially when you're playing, you know, half your games and, and, in the gab, uh, it's, a it's a, we have them in the teens and I'm like, you know, there's some guys ahead of them. I think I the roster, the more I dug in on, on steer, the more I was, I was into it. And he's unusual. Uh, because he is a smaller, shorter guy, uh, sub six foot guy, and you know, really more of like a prototypical second baseman looking type, does play a few different positions. So depending upon what your eligibility limits are from the previous season in terms of how many games played a player has to have there, uh, he might qualify at quite a few. So there's some value there as well. I'm a big Spencer Steer guy here. Yeah, no, I it totally makes sense. It is the, the multi-position eligibility is the huge, the huge selling feature for me, because if he doesn't cut it, it just say he doesn't repeat what he did last year, which was excellent production. Um, you, you put him at second, put him in the outfield, and he's gonna be a productive player. So he has a huge kind of fantasy floor, even yeah. if he doesn't hit his his like his production from last year. So like that is definitely helpful. And uh, what I learned last year in the main event is like having the position eligibility is. I think it's worth way more than, you know, sort of the going rate is yep. just having that flexibility, having Mookie bets have second and short and outfield. It just opens up so many worlds of possibilities. You can always kind of optimize your lineup with mm -hmm. little effort. Um, you don't have to like really figure out how you can, who you're going to drop, who you're going to pick up week to week because, you know, you have so much flexibility. Um, so I think, just that. So the Hassan Kim, Spencer Steers, those guys are actually much more valuable than uh, than even the production is, is saying they are. I, I, the one thing I'm a bit concerned about, but I think he's gonna, you know, come out of that unscathed. Is the how the playing time is gonna shake out in Cincy with all the the people yes. they have, um, John Candelario being signed, and I mean, there's talk of trading Jonathan India, and you know, Joey Votto is not coming back, but. Uh, Christian Encarnacion Strand and Noel V. Marte and Ellie De La Cruz and all the outfielders they have, yeah. Fraley, Benson, etc. It's just like, where is he going to play? I do think he is sort of a, a cut above in terms of safety. Um, Spencer Steer is. Yeah. So I think it'll be okay. But it's just there's a lot of questions with Cincinnati that's kind of scaring me in general for all those guys. Um, but 
like I said, I think Steer's going to come out of that unscathed. It might just be a bit of a hot potato situation where, you know, you just keep pat, like it's, it's just whoever gets stuck with the bag, you know, um, little game of musical chairs where there's just somebody that's on the outside, but uh, there's going to be so much production potentially from that lineup again this year that I'm definitely not scared of rostering Cincinnati players. Uh, but it is a question outside of guys like, you know, maybe McLean and Ellie, you know, who's going to play where um, and how much playing time they're going to get. Uh, I really like Noel V. Marte. I would say I'm pretty much on all of the Reds players. Uh, Christian Encarnacion strain is very scoring dependent for me. I don't know if it's the same for you where if, if, you know, uh, it's an OBP league, I'm a little bit more bearish uh, with, with Encarnacion strand where if it's a, a batting average league, I think I'm probably a little bit more bullish uh, and, and a little bit more willing to, to go after that. Cause I think that while there's could be some variance with that style of hitter, that is an aggressive swinger. Um, the batting average has a higher ceiling, you know, than your typical like swing and miss guy who maybe walks quite a bit, but has the big power who you would target in OBP league um, offsets a little bit. So he's sort of like, the reverse of the typical like OBP boost Kyle Schwarber type of guy. Yeah, no, very, very good point. Um, it's funny you bring up Encarnacion Strand as a, as someone that uh, it's hard to, hard to, hard to rank, I guess, depending on your league format. I, I had him much higher. And then after Candelario got signed, I dropped him a lot just because it's, it's not clear for me if he's going to have the playing time. And I think just the fact that he chases so much, he is way more susceptible to slumps and because they have so many options, it'll be like you said, the hot potato, who's the hot hand. And I think he has a higher chance of, you know, having a slump and then, you know, being benched for a while than Spencer steer, who doesn't chase much at all. Like he's going to have that high floor. He's going to always be like, if he's not producing, it's probably BABIP related because he's swinging at good pitches and, and uh, they're just not falling as opposed to he's looking like he's flailing at pitches on the outside or something like that. So, just yeah. more, more on Spencer Steer, more arrows up for Spencer Steer. Now I'm kind of maybe regretting my rank. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Um, one last thing I wanted to touch on before we wrap this show up. Um, who's a sleeper who's a little bit deeper down here? It can even be a prospect. We do have a few that are ranked. But who's somebody here that uh, you know is maybe outside the top 25, maybe because of function, but somebody that you maybe like long term? Oh, that's a that's a very good question. I had uh, someone asked me where Abimelech Ortiz was because it wasn't in the R50, and I said it was just outside. Um, and I said, so yeah, interesting. He didn't make the 50. Who did? And uh, Nathan Martorella we have, and I've always liked Nathan Martorella. I think you had him as a sleeper a couple of years ago or last year as well. Um, just his data has always been good in terms of the like the contact and the contact quality. Great makeup um the Padres really like him um and the Padres have had some good you know Graham Pauly and Jacob Marcy have uh have kind of popped up and I think Martorella's kind of been kind of forgotten in that but I, I like him um almost as much as those other two um I think he's a guy that uh we have him the back of the 50 I think he's a sneaky one that's kind of maybe some of the lusters come off um and maybe that's a target to go after because I think he's going to take another step forward, and then I think he's going to be part of the Padres' plans for a while, starting in maybe 2025. Yeah, and, you know, some of it, too, is just looking at, you know, tool grades and, you know, the sort of work that we do behind the scenes for the handbook. By the way, place your handbook orders 
that is going to press on Friday. So we are pretty much done. We're doing our last uh, proofs right now. Everything's written, ready to be shipped out. Um, so we kind of are able to fold some of those grades in there. And I think, I think there's a lot more doubt on the hit tool uh, as Ortiz moves up versus some of these other guys. Um, one name that I was going to throw out there was Ryan Clifford with the Mets. Um, was an 11th rounder by the Astros last year. Was part of that Justin Verlander return alongside Drew Gilbert, who's a good prospect in his own right. Um, I really like Clifford's combination of approach, top end power. Um, I think you can project pretty easily 70 power here. This could be a 30 home run guy annually. And as the hit tool progresses and it's not too bad, um, there's a chance that, you know, the batting average floor, um, you know, isn't a negative. And I think that's a big thing when we're talking about some of these first base power prospects. He's also an outfielder. So he has multi-position eligibility. Um, we'll see what he's developed as and what he sees time as. I think ultimately a lot of people think he ends up at first base though, but he has the bat for it. Um, he's a really interesting one for me and somebody that uh, just, you know, as a, a throw in and a bigger deal, um, <laughs> a throwback draft um, or a startup dynasty league. I, I definitely will probably have a few shares of, uh, Ryan Clifford. Yeah, I, I definitely like that name. I have my peak pro projections where I have them at like 28 home runs. Uh, the 90th percentile exit velocity was, I think, 107 or something like that. So, you know, nice pop, good barrel rates, uh, doesn't chase that much. And his contact is basically average too. So, always like that. Well, there we have it. Uh, I think we can wrap a little bow on this. Uh, perfect first base show to send you into the holidays uh dylan anything you want to say to the people before we wrap this up i don't know if this is no we'll record one more show before the end of the year yeah yeah we got uh we got the second base coming out uh after everyone's had their christmas dinner and uh are playing with their new xbox or whatever it is they have a second base list that they can read on, on boxing day so uh we'll we'll do another podcast before the end of the year there we go all right well this has been the Baseball America Fantasy Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Cheers. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.